Welcome to the Washington Church Toledo Podcast. Together, we are learning to encourage one another to walk with God through cultivating a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ. This podcast consists of recordings from our Sunday morning worship services and other teaching events that you are more than welcome to come join us live. Good morning, Washington. This was not part of the plan, but in that wonderful moment that Bridget led us, um, I had a visual. And most of you guys know I have a very visual relationship with the Lord, and sometimes He shows me things, and um, sometimes I feel compelled to share it against my will at times. Very uncomfortable, but um, very compelled today to share with you guys what I saw. Um, So I saw as we were worshiping, and it was so powerful, and I could physically feel it. I'm still shaking from it. Um, Stones like hail, little stones um, falling down on us. And at first I'm like, oh my gosh, we're under attack. What does that mean? But actually the stones were a gift Um, for us and it was for each of us to use and some of us were supposed to be using them putting them in these slingshots that we have and using them against the enemy as weapons and some of us were supposed to be grinding these stones and baking with them into bread to provide sustenance that's crazy right some of us were supposed to be grinding the stones creating a salve and treating each other with them and healing each other with them in Jesus's name Um, it was There's one other thing. Oh, uh, some of us were supposed to be taking the stones and um, building walls and building um, not so much structures, but like some barricades and barriers with them. So um, I just want to take this moment and pray into that with everybody. Um, And I I feel like in this moment, um, we should each be asking God what he's desiring for us with these stones what he has each of our role to be to bring about his kingdom with these stones his light his love bringing his kingdom forth so father god thank you for this really cool visual for all of us at washington let it be this opportunity for us to accept this gift that you've put before us and for every person here i just ask that you speak into their heart you open their eyes and give them eyes to see and ears to hear a heart willing to accept and surrender what you are showing them what you have for them i'm calling forth the gift of prophecy for those that are asking for it i'm asking for an awakening for those that are asking for it as your spirit falls down and fills this space show us how to use these stones and thank you god for a stone that can be a weapon against the enemy but can be a barricade but can be used for healing and can be used for sustenance i awaken this in your people and we say it boldly that it is in your name jesus Okay, so this morning, um, for the message, I'm going to need the kids' help again. So if you're a kiddo, come on down here. I need a bunch of volunteers to pull this one off. It's going to be some organized chaos this morning. 
Perfect. Just kind of wait down here and I'll, I'll give you rolls. Okay? Just go ahead and t- take a seat right there. All right? Perfect. Okay. So, let's see. All right. I need uh, a couple people who are good at holding things, who want to hold things for me. You want to come on up? Come on. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So I'm going to give this to you to hold on to. All right. We're going we're gonna to use that in a minute. You good? Okay. All right. Two other people. Okay. Right here and right here. Come on up. You guys are going to hold this. Okay, uh, are any of you guys good at writing? So, like, legible. Not, not like me, but, like, so you can read it. Can you write pretty well? Okay, come on up. You guys are going to be my writers. All right, I'll tell you, just hang on to those. You're going to write over here, okay? All right, so what we're going to talk about this morning, how many of you guys have ever heard of the word genealogy before? Oh, that's pretty good. What's a genealogy? What's that? Something that studies something. Okay. I've st- you don't have anything to say? <laughs> to get from one person to another person, kind of. Very good. God to Jesus or something? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The history of your family? The history of your family. Yeah, like a family tree. Okay, here, better keep those off. I might fall on them, and I don't want to do that. Okay, so this morning we're going to talk about genealogies, right? Super exciting. Actually, I don't know if I've ever heard a sermon on a genealogy before, but I've never given one before. So we're going to talk about Jesus' genealogy, and what's fascinating about genealogies is they keep a history or a record of where you came from, okay? Like a family tree. We kind of call them family trees. And, and the reason that they have family trees is it tells people where people came from, but it also tells people, unfortunately, like, how to treat people. Because if people came from, like, a, a prestigious family tree or a line of royalty, then they would become royal themselves. And so in, in, I'm going to show you two scripture verses. In Matthew and Luke, there's two genealogies in the scriptures that we have. Matthew has one and Luke has one, and they, and they each have a different focus on them, Okay. What Matthew wants to do is he wants to show everybody that Jesus is in the line of David and, and that he is the rightful king. And Luke starts with, actually starts with Adam, or starts with God, and then goes through Adam and all the way down to Jesus too. So there's two different gene- genealogies. They each have their own focus, right? But here's what's really interesting. In the Hebrew mind that wrote the scriptures, genealogies have a deeper meaning to them. It's not just the names. Because if, if you study it based on all the names, there's actually names that are left out of the genealogy of Jesus. Okay, it's not perfect, whole, and complete, as we would think on a Western perspective. Because in, in the Eastern perspective, that's not as crucial and as important. What's really important is actually the people in the genealogy actually teach you, they represent something. They represent what that person is going to become. Okay. So, in other words, everybody in your genealogy, as, as they connect, shows you what the person after them is going to be like. Does that make sense? Perfect sense, right? So, 
an example would be if I looked at, at your parents, I could tell about what you're going to turn out like. Interesting. For good and for bad, right? Pros and cons. It all goes into you and where you came from. And that matters. And it, and it helps you become who you are. So we're going to look at Jesus' genealogy and we're going to look at some names that pop up in Jesus' genealogy. All right? All right. So I'm going to give you guys some names. Can you hold these for me? Okay. There you go. There you go. There you go. Thanks, Dave. Okay, so as we go through these, so you see up here, we start with God, and then we go to Adam. And, and what I did is I combined, these aren't all the names, but I combined the Luke genealogy with the Matthew genealogy. And we're going to add names. And as we talk about these names, we're going to put them up there. And as we put them up there, we're going to write descriptions of their character up on the whiteboard. And we're going to keep track of these things, and we're going to notice patterns that start to emerge, which is really fascinating. So we start with God as father, and then we know about Adam and Eve, and so we're going to you know, talk about them. But one of the characters you may or may not know about is a character named Lamech. Who has Lamech? You do? Okay, go ahead and put Lamech up there. Okay, fix it on there. Perfect. So, how many of you guys have heard of Lamech before? Ooh, not too many. Okay, a couple of you. Lamech was like a really bad dude. He wasn't a good person. He actually, he, so he came from the line of Cain, and we all know that, you know, nobody names their kid Cain for a reason, as Cain wasn't a good person. But the great-great-great-grandson of Cain was Lamech, and Lamech actually went around and killed people because he wanted to be dominant. And so he, he usurped his force and, and dominance, and, and the scriptures use him as a negative person. And yet, he's in the story. He's in the genealogy of Jesus. Isn't that strange? If you were God, Henry, would you use Lamech in the genealogy of Jesus? I wouldn't either. Okay, so what can we put about Lamech up there? What would you girls say to describe him? Not good, bad, serial killer. Okay, so go ahead and write some things down there. And we're going to keep moving on to the next person. But after Lamech comes a man, okay, a great, the great-great-grandson of Lamech. Anybody know who it is? It's Noah. Who's got Noah? You've got Noah. So go ahead and put Noah up there. But we saw in Noah that Noah was obedient to God. And God called out to Noah and said, build an ark. It took 100 years of his life committed to build this ark in order to redeem humanity. Because, again, humanity had fallen sinful and God wanted to redeem humanity. And so he asked Noah to do this great task, and, and Noah did it. And so we have Lamech, and we have Noah. And this is one of the things you're going to see in this, in this genealogy that's really fascinating, is you have things that aren't ideal, and then you have things that redeem that that wasn't ideal. Are you with me? Okay. So we have bad, kills people, and then what, what we, can we say about Noah? Obedient, yeah. What else? Well, yeah, there was that scene, too. We won't get into that, though. We all have those, you know. You guys can write bigger so, we can, so it's easier to see. We've got lots of room, okay? Okay, so after Noah comes who? who? Who do we got? Show me your names, okay? Abraham, right here. You've got it. You want to go put it up there? 
up there, right there. Abraham, this man named Abraham comes after the flood, and God speaks to, to Abraham, and he says, you're going to be the father of many nations. But the problem with Abraham was he couldn't have any kids. He and his wife, Sarah, couldn't have any kids. And so God said, no, 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 that's okay. You're going to, be, you're going to have so many descendants that there's going to be as many stars in the sky and sand on the seashore. How many of you guys have ever been to the beach before? How much sand is on the beach? A lot. Okay? It's too much. Now, I know it. not everybody likes sand. Maybe it's because you're Midwesterners that you don't like sand. <laughs> I miss the sand. I wish there was more of it around here. Okay? But imagine that God tells you you're going to have that many kids, but you don't have any kids at all. And you're like almost 100 years old. It's going to be hard to have faith to do that. But yet Abraham had faith. He believed and he trusted God. Okay? And then God gave him a son. And from that son, we have many lines. And so then we get Isaac and Jacob and Judah and all these uh, uh, people. And, not, and here's the irony. In that list, we lost Abraham. Yeah, we can't refrain from banging the poster because it's not that sturdy. Okay? Just push it on there hard. There you go. But each of these characters you see have, their, have wonderful aspects about them, and they have flaws at the same time. Okay, after Isaac, Jacob, Judah, and then we get to somebody else. Let's see, what are the names you guys have? Show me your names. Other way. Okay, let's see, what do you have? Okay. What a, it's yours, you're right. It's Rahab. Go ahead and put it up there. So this woman named Rahab, when they entered the promised land, and they went to Jericho. Do you guys know that story? The walls of Jericho come tumbling down. And so the spies are taken in by this woman who lives in Jericho named Rahab. But Rahab is not an ideal woman, okay? She'd be called a woman of the night. So ask your parents what that means when you get home, okay? And they'll tell you what that means. But Rahab helped the people of Israel, and they went and... They were able to take the city because of Rahab's faithfulness. But what's amazing about Rahab is she actually joins the people of Israel, God's chosen people, after the walls of Jericho come crumbling down. She gets out, and she's saved. And she is the first woman who is not a Jew who steps into the family of God and who is redeemed. And she is in the line of Jesus. And God uses Rahab because she marries one of the Jewish men. And from that line comes the Messiah. And then we have Boaz and then somebody else. Who else do we have? David, who do you have? Okay. What else we got? Oh, you're hiding it from me, aren't you? Okay. Go ahead and put Ruth up there. Then we get Ruth. Ruth is actually also a woman who is not an Israeli. She's not a Hebrew. She's, from, she's a Moabite. And her husband dies through this tragic, terrible situation. And she partners with her mother-in-law, and her faith is so great that she forsakes her gods, and she believes in the one true God of Israel, of Yahweh. And she goes back to the land of Judah, and God provides for her, and she also is faithful. You guys got to keep writing, like, all the descriptions. Yeah, keep going just the whole time. Whatever you're hearing, okay, write those things. All right? Even if they're repeating over and over again. Okay? So Ruth ends up, God provides for Ruth, and, and she marries 
um, a, a man, and he provides for her. And from that marriage, again, comes the line of Jesus. But you think about this. God chooses a woman who is not even of the faith tradition of, of his chosen people and uses her, and, and the line of Jesus comes from Ruth. Later on from Ruth, <clears throat> Ruth has a child named Obed, and Obed has a child named Jesse. And Jesse gives birth to the, one of the youngest sons named David. That's yours. So you can put it up there, Jessa. David comes next. And we've all heard of David, but David has all kinds of interesting um, aspects that happen to him. He's a shepherd. He protects God's flock. But then eventually he's so brave, he stands against a man who's like nine feet tall, and he defeats him because he has faith in God. And he uses those stones that Miss Jessica was talking about, and he grabbed one of those as a warring option at, at that point. And he defeats. But later on, he becomes king after fleeing for about 15-plus years. God makes him king, and then he unites the nation of Israel okay, and brings them together. But David doesn't always make the best choices. Sometimes he made poor choices, even though he was a man after God's own heart. So who, who do you have? Yep, you're next. So next we have Bathsheba. So David had many wives. Okay, No, that's up on top, right near David. There you go. Perfect. So here's what's interesting. David had multiple wives. Again, when you get home, parents ask, or kids ask your parents about, about that. You guys can open the scriptures and read that together and sort through that one. But uh, out of all the wives that David had, this woman who had an adulterous relationship, another word you can ask your parents about later on if you haven't heard it before. The Bible is very interesting. It's a very interesting collection of books to read. But God used that relationship, that fractured relationship, he made it whole, and from the line of Bathsheba comes Jesus, which is absolutely amazing. Okay, so then we get Solomon and Eleazar and Joram and Uzziah and Hezekiah and Josiah, but eventually we get to, who do we got left? Who do you have? I can't see it. Yes. Jeconiah. Okay, go ahead and put him up next. So he's also a king of Israel in the line of David. But Jeconiah, Jeconiah is one of the worst kings that there were, okay? He was a bad dude, didn't have a good reputation, he wasn't obedient to God, and he, at the end, during his reign, Israel, the, the nation of Israel was taken into captivity by Babylon, okay? Literally, they had one big, long timeout. How many of you guys have ever had a timeout before? Okay. So those aren't very fun, are they? We used to give our kids timeouts all the time. But they went for like 40-plus years into a timeout. Imagine your timeout lasting 40 years. It, it would not be fun. But he was a poor example of a king. And yet, through, he's in the genealogy of Jesus. And then finally, we have Zerubbabel. Dave, come on up, Dave. Bring on Zerubbabel. He's the final character we're going to talk about this morning. So Zerubbabel is, is the great-great-grandson of that evil king. And Zerubbabel is like this amazing man of God. He actually was partnered in taking the, the uh, nation of Israel back from captivity, back to the promised land. And um, 
And he helped to rebuild the temple, and he rebuilt the walls, and he helped to reestablish a place of worship so God's people could come back together and worship Yahweh in their promised land. And so throughout the genealogy of Jesus, and if we had more time, we can go into the, more of these names, and Azer, and Zadok, and Amos, Matthias, Levi, Eleazar, Jacob, Joseph, Mary, all the way down to Jesus, okay? And all of these names belong in this genealogy, and all these words belong Bad, kills people, faithful, obedient, trust, faith, brave, protect, king, unite. All of those things are part of Jesus' genealogy. And here's, what's, here's what I want us to hear that's important that I want you guys to take away. In the journey of God, all of those things belong. They all fit in the story. Because guess what? If I had to guess... I, we won't talk about you guys, but all the adults around here, all those characteristics are probably in their life, hopefully not the kill people part, but everything else probably shows up. We might feel like doing that from, from time to time. But that fits and that belongs in the story of God. Because in the story of God, there's room for both sides, all the good attributes and all the bad attributes. And guess what? In Jesus, they're all brought together. And I love this image that stood out to me, two things that stood out to me that were really profound this week as I was studying. One of them was the fact that God used these people that just didn't seem like they should fit or belonged in that, in that story. And, and then you have like the good characteristics of the good people and the bad characteristics of the bad people. And it just reminded me of, of Jesus hanging on the cross between two men, one who asked for forgiveness and was redeemed, and the other who was this thief. And yet, there he stood in between the two. One of the things that is also fascinating about the genealogy, and I'll show you, show you a couple things, and then we'll be done and take communion, is that numbers are important to the, the Hebrew people. And uh, they mean things that are different than they mean to us. In, in, uh, in the Western mind, when I give you a number, you think of adding it up or the quantity of something. In the, um, in the Eastern mind, Numbers are symbols first, okay? So what's fascinating about this story is there are actually three groupings of 14 groupings of people in this, okay? The first grouping of people, 14, ends with David, and I'll show it to you. Go ahead and go to the next slide with all the names on there. So the first grouping in Matthew, that uh, grouping of 14, ends with King David, Okay? King David is the ultimate example of a man after God's own heart. He united the nation of Israel. He brought the tribes together. He was obedient to God. And so that first grouping ends with him. The second grouping, go ahead and go to that, ends with Jeconiah. Jeconiah is the opposite end where he was a man who was disobedient. He didn't do what God asked of him. And because of that, the nation of Israel went into to exile or the, that long time out. And so you have David on one end of the grouping and Jeconiah on the other end of the grouping. And the final end of the grouping ends with Jesus. He brings both David and Jeconiah's storylines together at the end. And he holds them both together and all of them rest in him. And he reconciles all those things together, which is a beautiful image. But here's what's really fascinating about it. If you slow down and you spend time with it. Jesus is actually not the 14th. He's the 13th. There's one more spot that's left in the genealogy of Matthew. 
And that spot is reserved for the children of God. Those who come after Jesus. Let me show you this, what John says about this, this one verse. And this is what I want you to, to remember this morning. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So everyone who believes in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, your name goes in that 14th spot. And you belong in the genealogy of Jesus. And everyone who came before him, including Jesus, who redeems all those things, is in your line. And you belong in that line. No matter if you're a person like Lamech, or you're a person like Noah or David, you fit in that story. And so this is what we're going to do. Go ahead and put that down on the ground, okay? Your list, and you're going to write your names on it. Yeah. So here is a crayon. I want all of you guys to go ahead and write your names on this. Because you're part of the story. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then you're part of the story. Go ahead and do that. And while they're doing that, we're going to get ready for communion. So if, if uh, Bridget, you want to come back up here and play. And we're going to take communion this morning. We'll come to, to this place to remember what God has done for us and that remember that you are part of this storyline and that you belong in the story of Jesus. And, and, uh, on the, and when Jesus stood before uh, his disciples, he took bread and cup. And he took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Whenever you gather, do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup, which is the cup of the new covenant. And he said, this is my blood shed for the forgiveness of, of sin. He said, whenever you get together and do this, do this and remember what I've done for you. And so as we come to the table, may you be reminded of what God has done for you. And that you belong in this storyline. And if you want to write your name, we'll leave it up here and you can come up and write your name here on this list to know that you are in that section. And so one of the things that's fascinating about the genealogy is, is each of the end of the 14 enters in, ushers in a new age. So they end with David, ushers in this age of prosperity and vibrancy and Israel ruling and reigning. And the end of that other king ushered in an age of of just negative aspects and disconnect from God and and then we have the age of Jesus who reconciles those things together and reconciles all history into himself and the age of Jesus is the kingdom of God and so that's the age that we're in in the church age and we're walking in God's kingdom the already the not yet and so as you come to the table for communion be reminded of that that you are part of this story that you belong and that your name is written in what I would, I would say, the scriptures say, the book of life. In the book of Revelation that talks about that. In my mind, the book of life is the genealogy of Jesus, starting after Jesus and moving forward. And for those who are faithful to God beforehand. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at office at washingtonchurch.org or go to our website, washingtonchurch.org.